interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 61 of Not a Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. Yay! As always, Yay. I've still got my amazing co host here with me, Rob. Hello, hello, hello. And Josh. Hey there, humans. This week, we will be covering many, many books. In particular, Nightwing number 84, Batman 113, Batman Secret Files, Miracle Molly, Catwoman number 35, Flash 774. Batman the Detective, number five, Shazam, number three, and Aquaman, the Becoming, number one. Of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make... The Dump List. But before we get going with the show, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month. And thank you listeners too. like, download, and share episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content. So with that out of the way, let's get into some news. Guys, what's new with you this week? I'm going to let you take the lead because I, I have nothing. I just, I, I haven't been able to check any DC Comics news, so, so go ahead. I know Rob's got something he's been itching to talk about. Uh, yeah, so I, I've had this theory for years, and I got reminded of it this week about the old Batman and Robin movie from 1997 I think okay. uh, with George Clooney specifically the bat nipples and I am here to defend them <laughs> to defend them defend them I have a theory that is, is sound there's evidence it hold up in a court of law <laughs> have you guys heard of joggers nipples runner's nipples but yeah, yeah. so that that they same principle if if, the... if you've never heard of it it's this idea or not it's i don't even want to call it a phenomenon it actually happens that runners during a marathon by the time they make it to the end depending on the shirt they wear it rubs on their nipples so much that their nipples bleed right now if you tie that into the fact that mr freeze was one of the main villains throughout the entire movie it's very cold and when you're cold your nipples tend to get a little erect so when you're out all night fighting Mr. Freeze and your nipples are rubbing on that suit, whatever it may be made of, maybe he's going to get bat nipples and it's going to bleed. And that's very uncomfortable. The dude gets enough scrapes as it is throughout the night. You don't need bleeding nipples at that. So you make a little pocket so they'd have somewhere to go. And they fit. And they don't bleed. <laughs> I think oh it makes God. sense. <laughs> no, the, as crazy as it is, God damn it, I can't argue with it. Right? <laughs> Besides the fact George Clooney's not the most muscular, and Schumacher probably just wanted to show up Batman's muscular physique, I think Jogger's nipples make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to give you that. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the stuff that man <laughs> i'm gonna be thinking about bat nipples all day <laughs> um <laughs> but there's a pocket <laughs> so <laughs> get your shit together Josh. all right dc has a three-part history and legacy of dc comics documentary that is being produced by greg berlani and leslie iwerks it's coming out on hbo max 
I'm looking forward to that. I hope to see some of Ridley's other history of the DC world incorporated into that documentary because that's that's a really good read. Um, I found out that Swamp Thing Green Hell might feature Holland's return to the green. Ooh. Or it might not. I mean, I'd probably guess not just because it's an out of continuity story it apparently the the uh shoot i can't remember where i got this one from but apparently the creators are saying you uh you don't really know what it is we're doing Mm. so teasing that dangling that yeah I, i i would assume that holland isn't coming back because i feel like levi has gotten such a good following under ram v's you know, creativeness, uh, and it wouldn't really make sense because I mean, isn't this story supposed to take place like thousands of years in the future? Is it? Yeah, this is the Black Label book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Green Hell. Yeah, well, see, maybe there's. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if I. Okay, so if it's hundreds of years in the future. Um, I wonder if Levi is the Swamp Thing all the way until then, and this is when Holland comes back. That would be interesting. Now I've got a lot of questions. Anyway, moving on, because that's a hole I could go down a long ways, I think. Um, We got some DC fandom clarifications about what they are covering. Um, On the movie front, we're going to get sneak peeks of the Batman, DC League of Super Pets, uh, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2, and Shazam 2. And for the TV side of things, we're going to get Batwoman, The Flash, Superman, and Lois, Sweet Tooth. Um, they're going to do this goodbye to Supergirl. There will be Stargirl, um, the HBO Max shows Peacemaker, Titans, and Doom Patrol. And we're also going to get a look at the upcoming Naomi show. And uh, it looks like we're also going to get a look at the Injustice movie and two new animated, well, a new animated series called Batman the Caped Crusader, and then there's a new season of Young Justice coming out. Sweet. Yeah, right? Um, Last two parts for all the parents out there. There will be, again, a DC Kids fandom, which is a completely separate experience from the grown-up version of fandom tailored specifically for kids i believe it is for 13 and under so have them go out there and check it out it'll be a fun time my kids enjoyed it last year and then finally to celebrate fandom dcuniverseinfinite.com head over there i'm telling you is releasing more than 300 comics and graphic novels Damn. here is the entire list I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, but, ladies and gentlemen. We did, yeah. <laughs> that would be insane, dude. That would take forever. <laughs> um, but it will include big arcs like Flashpoint, Injustice Volume 1, and Sandman Volume 1. So that's pretty cool, man. Nice. That's my end of the DC Comics news. I think that's the end for all of our yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so. it, <laughs> oh, there was I don't know anything else going on. The no. Completely unrelated. We have a cast for the animated Super Mario Bros. movie. Oh yeah, oh, my my topic. roommate was yeah. telling me about this. So fucking. There's a, 
It's a wild There's a lot of people cast. that are pissed off about Chris Pratt that being cast as Mario. Like, there are so many other... Like, I enjoy the cast. I, I think Chris Pratt's a very odd choice, but for very different reasons that other people are having issues with it. I think there uh, it's, yeah, it's... Me too. He's weirdly animated, like Parks he, and Rec weird. He is, but I can't see his voice as Mario. <laughs> no, I can't either. I was really hoping they'd have Charles Martin. Charles Martinet is going to be in it, thankfully, but I was really hoping at least he would play Mario. Right, or do a voiceover. That would be great. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm excited for Charlie Day as Luigi. I think that's going to be wild. <laughs> right. Oh, man. But, I, yeah, I mean, not to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, but, I mean, a few years ago, Nintendo came out and said that, that Mario was not Italian and he was not a plumber. Which is very odd, that. considering the setting of the original games being pipes everywhere and and mushrooms well, right, being fungus. And... He's been depicted in every profession other than plumber. Yeah, doctor. I mean, all kinds of stuff, man. So I mean, if Smash anyway, Bros. has to be that's... believed, Mario and Doctor Mario are two entirely different entities. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. We need. To... Sorry. That's a rabbit hole too, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, why don't we just get in onto the books? There please. we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do it. Um, so, kicking us off, we'll be looking at Nightwing number eighty-four, um, and this was uh, brought to us by a bit of a, a departure from our regular team, um, as uh, they are, are taking a bit of a break to do a three arc, three arc keep saying that three issue tie-in arc uh to fear state but uh don't worry it seems like they're keeping the momentum going at least for now so this is brought to us by writer tom taylor with art from robbie rodriguez and colors by adriano lucas um i guess the the best way to to start this off is a, a direct quote from nightwing which literally says this is bad timing um, because it <laughs> right. really deals with, um, at least initially, Dick trying to reconcile the fact that he has taken on a major undertaking and trying to revamp the entire city of Bloodhaven, only to have that be entirely interrupted by whatever bullshit is going on in Gotham right now um, that he has to go and, and deal with and, and really pull Bruce and the rest of the Bat family's ass out of the fire. Uh, but he makes his way over to Gotham, uh, making a brief hey, detour. Let me point out that this is all also pushing Nightwing up against an idea that Pennyworth used to have, uh, used to express to Bruce all the time, is that you cannot be a hero at night and during the day. You're you're going to have to pick one, and I'm curious as to which way Nightwing is going to pick because you can't. You got to sleep sometime, and if you, you try trust to do both, me, it'll break you. Trust me. I, as evidenced by like my past week, my shitty past week, I can guarantee you, you do not need to sleep. Sometimes you can run <laughs> a pure seventy-two hours, no sleep, just full burst, full energy. And these guys are superheroes, so they're already in better condition and physical shape than I am. So you can do whatever you need to, uh, as long as you have the the will and the drive to do it. But anyway. <laughs> Nightwing is summoned back to Gotham, like the the uh, good errand boy that he is, from a mysterious encrypted message from Oracle, and 
That is revealed to be a deception as he arrives in Gotham City only to be ambushed. Thankfully, Dad shows up and uh, saves the day, but they're really trying to book it and get out of there before the magistrate um, completely annihilates them in, in Terminator fashion. Uh, they decide that they can't take the roof, so they end up smashing through everyone else's apartments nearby and are super apologetic about it, but apologies aren't going to pay for the damages, so I hope you have a, a good uh, payment plan to fix those windows and doors, guys. Uh, but thankfully, the dynamic duo are able to escape through the sewers, uh, where Bruce is really sort of uh, put in the spotlight for just how bad Gotham has gotten with all the magistrate and everything else that has been developing. And um, he reveals that Oracle, really the, the central problem right now is that Oracle has been compromised, uh, in particular that... Oracle has been sending out basically fake messages over the past 48 hours or however long it's been. And that Dick, it would be in the best interest of everyone if Dick could make his way to the clock tower and help Babs out. Um, they also share a really nice moment where, you know, he's like, I really appreciate you uh, pulling my ass out of the fire in, uh, back in Crime Alley there. And he's like, of course, I watched my parents die. I'm not going to let my son die there. It's like, that was a nice moment. But mm -hmm. Dick makes his way to the clock tower uh, and basically is like, Babs, we got to book it. Like, this is not okay. And she's like, you know what? I can't sit here and just, you know, twiddle my thumbs while someone is messing with my system. So desperate times call for desperate measures. And it's time that I take some actual action for myself. And that's when she reveals a brand spanking new Batgirl costume and the Decides that this fight cannot be handled just by the Bat family alone. It also needs to include her as Batgirl as well. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Nightwing 84. Uh, pretty solid all around, I would say. Um, I think uh, while I do really love the art from Bruno Redondo, I think, um, and I know it wasn't deliberate, like they got Robbie because they needed to give Bruno time to draw the next arc, but... Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, Robbie's art is definitely really fitting for the tone of this arc. Uh, you know, kind of a he did a good job. Yeah, he's not Redondo. I'm not gonna, you know, but no, but, but he did a great he, job. He's, and... he's perfectly fitting for the the tone of this story, which I, I think works. Yeah. And um, you know, if, and if Lucas's colors look amazing, yes, yeah, oh, very yeah. vibrant, very, very colorful. colorful. Um, so it's it's doing its job. Um, I think as far as a, a brief detour from the main story goes, this should be rather inoffensive, but um, in the grand scheme of things, I honestly think this is going to be kind of a skippable arc. Be unless you are a, a Nightwing purist, this doesn't really tie in at all to the larger story. So I would be perfectly understanding if you came away from this issue and said, what does any of this shit have to do with Bloodhaven? I don't want to read it. I'm just going to wait until that comes back. Totally understandable. It really has nothing to do with that. But if you're just interested to see how Nightwing's story converges with the big fear state nonsense that's going on right now, this is Or the you. return of Babs. Yeah, or the return of, of um, Babs' Batgirl for the brief period that that's going to be. Um, but yeah, this is this is for you. So... I, I would give the story an 8 out of 10 in terms of its application to the overall story of Taylor's run on Nightwing so far. Um, 
I just realized I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm going I'm to call it Taylor and Redondo's run because I feel like I emphasize writers too much. Um, Taylor, I think we all kind of yeah. Do. Taylor, you know, Taylor, reviewers in general. Yeah, Taylor and Redondo's run on um, Nightwing so far. Um, I would probably give it more of like a seven point five, seven out of ten because it doesn't really have any importance to that at all. It's like you get some brief mentions in the beginning. Nightwing's like, yeah, this is a big undertaking, but oh, I gotta go to Gotham City now. So. Um, my score, 8 out of 10, but overall score, as it ties into the story, probably a 7 out of 10. I get that. I totally get that. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Of course, I'm completely (laughs) entrenched into all of the Gotham stories, so this ties directly into what I'm reading. And, you know, that, that doesn't take away from my Nightwing title, you know, the way that I'm reading it. So it works. I see Nightwing stretching himself a bit too thin. And I have a sneaking suspicion that Barbara may just end up in the chair again. And that's when the Batgirls becomes official. I think that would make a lot of sense. I'm not calling it 100%. I, I don't know, but I think that that is... I think that that is, uh, that is definitely one avenue they make. It's a safe guess. Yeah. But uh, damn that costume, dude. I love it. Yeah, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I had fun with this, man. I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. Nice. I, I I loved the colors. Seeing Dick and Bruce fighting together was just magical. It it was might have been the best part of the entire issue for me. And right. I I I love this as much as I love the others. I know it's it's a very big shade different from what we've been getting with the overall story, but it still enthralled me. I, I gave this a nine out of ten. I was so hooked. Nice. If only for uh, just the the Bat Family connections that were going on. I, there was one attempt. one other thing that I that I had to point out, and I would shoot myself if I didn't mention it. But um, wow, that's that's pretty. Yeah, serious, I know. Man. Really, really that's, strong language. Definitely not because I'm that's... I'm um, hopped up on uh, five hour energy. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just um, no so uh, before Dick goes back to Gotham, he is like, well. Obviously, I'm going to be in quite a lot of shit, and someone needs to watch my dog. So he goes to his neighbor, and I was so surprised and so shocked to see who that neighbor was. um, Because it was none other than Clancy, who is, like, one of... I mean, there are so many side characters from that uh, 90s run of Nightwing. But um, Mm -hmm. I always like it when they show up, um, because it just makes me smile, because they were... They always had like such a, a crazy personality to them, and they're instantly recognizable. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, holy shit! I didn't even realize Clancy was back, like in continuity." Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm now. yeah, I'm I'm always going to be a sucker. Yeah, Clancy. For those who who didn't know, for the audience at home, um, uh, is is and the fans listening around the world exactly. Uh, <laughs> Clancy was Dick's old landlord when he first moved to Bloodhaven. Back in the 90s, she had, like, this suit. I don't even, I mean, I couldn't really tell if she had it here, but she had, like, this super thick, I think it was, like, a Scottish or British accent and um, had a major, major crush on Nightwing but um, and Dick Grayson, um, but was kind of like, you know, Dick kind of had to turn her down because, like, obviously I'm involved with Barbara. This can't really happen, but uh, was always a, a super friendly person in, in his life and, like I said, I always have a soft spot for the old Nightwing characters, like when Brutal or um, 
Tad Ryers Tad showed up in um, Robin or um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Shrike. Bernard. Yeah. Uh, Shrike was in. No, that was Tim. Yeah, Shrike was in. Well, they killed him, but Shrike was in Suicide Squad, that first issue. So anytime those old uh, Nightwing characters show up, it's uh, it's always fun. So that's all I got. Should we move on to the next one? I was one? disappointed they killed Shrike. Yeah, yeah, I know. Could have been a, a that, great character for the for the new squad. That 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 was the League of Assassins version of Shrike, wasn't it? I believe so. I don't know. I mean, he had the old Shrike costume, so I, I don't know if he had any connections to the League, but... Cool. Anyway, all right, I guess the next one. Yeah, on to the next one, Batman 113. Main story from Rob, backup story from Josh. You guys know the drill. Take it away. All right, this is from writer James Tynion IV, with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors by Toma Mori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So Batman's catching up with Renee Montoya, Commissioner Renee Montoya, to tell her everything he knows about the Fear State and the Magistrate. She believes him, but needs more proof if she can do anything about it. With that, he gets to work. On his way back home, he is found by some Peacekeeper drones, but he makes quick work of them, all while yelling at Simon Saint, who was watching through the drone cameras. Batman will make sure everyone knows this is Simon's fault. Now at Ford Gray, Ghostmaker arrives to find Batman rummaging through boxes of equipment, and he pulls out a VR headset. PM... Uh, Peacemaker... Oh god, I messed up that letter again, I keep writing PM instead of GM and I keep saying Peacemaker. Ghostmaker yells, this isn't time to play Beat Saber. But actually, okay, actually, this device was built with the help of Cyborg and will allow Bruce and Ghostmaker to enter Bruce's mind and find any conditioning Scarecrow left behind. They find something of the sort as versions of Bruce strapped to the chair Scarecrow tortured him in spring up and attack Ghostmaker. Batman is incapacitated right now, so it's up to Ghostmaker to save the day. He does the, he does just that, and then Bruce takes them. Oh no! Then takes Bruce somewhere more peaceful, Gotham University. This is one of Ghostmaker's memories, and he wants to show Bruce that he knew Crane while he was still in school. It was during this time that Crane came up with the Fear State, and he spills all to the young Ghostmaker. Now well, with the info he, looks he needs exactly on Fear like State, his version from Batman Toss. Did you guys peep that? Yeah, yeah. Like literally exactly the same, same build and everything. The super yep. skinny body and the big head. Mm-hmm. Has some great character designs on that on that show. The uh, the new host, <coughs> the new co-host on the Marvel podcast that uh, he just interviewed and came in yesterday, Cyril. He uh, he actually is an artist. He loves to draw comics and and uh, he has a buttload of Betas Joker pictures that he's drawn. Oh, very oh, cool. Man, he's nice. really good, man. Now, is this original Joker or New Adventures Joker? No, Betas. Oh, yeah, okay. it, it, uh, is the it original the, animated, yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the yeah. full design yeah, or the series. spooky with the weird, weird eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's actually seen both versions. Actually, he had both versions, so. Okay. That's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I, I enjoyed both versions, but that OG Joker design was killer. Sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Alright, so anyway, now sorry. with the <laughs> <laughs> now with the info he needs on the fear state, Batman goes for his next mission to find Sean Mahoney. 
a task too late it seems as Sean has already killed and has been found by the new Peacekeeper X. Now for me, this is the kind of chapter that should have opened the story. This this was full of tidbits and information that brings it forward, and this gives us a bit of action involved. It shows Bruce really, 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 really angry at Simon Saint, and that was that was fun to see. And and just moving the story along a little um, bit, I think. Dude, um, okay, I think it looked fucking beautiful. Oh yeah. But I feel I feel like the exact opposite to you, man. I oh, feel sure. like this was just an extended recap of everything that's been happening. And I think we just had that. I think I just said the same thing about a Batman book last week. Yeah, I felt um, uh, kind of the same way, except I, I just kind of felt like a lot of the fear state explanation was trying to give more context to everything that we already knew from the fear state alpha. Like you don't. Yeah, it was just like a longer explanation, and then tying Ghostmaker to exactly that was that was literally it was like we got the Fear State definition like in the beginning of the Fear State Alpha. We already know what it is, presumably by this point. But again, it's it's just like okay, but now Ghostmaker was there also. It's like I I I I was upset with this issue because, like I said, I feel like I said it last week as well. This feels called in, man, and. That's disappointing. I did not hate this issue. I, I ended up giving it an 8 out of 10. Um, it just felt more of like treading water, where it's um, really trying to bide its time until it gets to the, you know, to the actual climax of the story, where, where right. they want to be, as opposed to trying to tell it in, a, in an interesting and organic way. Like We need to figure out a, a, a way to get from point A to point B why don't we just have some stuff in between and that stuff is kind of things that we've already seen before, which is kind of um, kind of feels like a waste of time. Yeah, kind of. Rob, what did you rate it? Uh, I gave the main story a 9 out of 10 if only for the colors. I thought the the, oh, the yeah, lighting is great. phenomenal. Tomomori is, is such a master of color. Oh, yeah. And, and, and combine and, that with him yeah. and his pencils is just amazing. A, a big part of this book is definitely Jorge. Um, I'm... For selfishly sure. hoping that either Scott Snyder or James Tynan will will leech uh, Jorge into their oh, respective please. imprints mm-hmm. so they can just have him draw a bunch of books because that would be please. really awesome. Um, yes, the man needs more work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just like, I mean, I, I love his Batman, I do, but there's always that itch in the back of my head when there's a dynamic new artist. I'm just like, but what could you do outside of superheroes? Like unrestricted, right. unrestrained. What if you could just if you were given a script and and it literally just said go fucking nuts? What would you do? That would be cool. Yeah. I would love to see what he could do. Exactly. But uh, dudes, I gave this a seven point two five. Like like you guys said, the art is gorgeous. Jimenez and Mori are always a fantastic pair. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like the writing on this was lazy. I felt everybody's dialogue was spot on, except for Batman. That that felt weird to me, too. 7.25 out of 10. Well, let's see if our backup mm-hmm. is a little less disappointing. Take well, it away. Uh, bef- before we get into that, um, just, just a little tidbit that they had. When Batman was rummaging through the box to get the VR headset, did anybody see all the other stuff that was in there? No, I didn't even pay attention. I uh, I did not. 
All right, so looking at it now, I think there's something else here I can't quite see. But there's a Court of Owls mask. There oh, is a Talon yes, mask. Yes, yes. There is and Joker's the gun with repellent. a really long barrel. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, the, the bat shark repellent's in there. The old Adam West cowl's in there. Of course. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to that, man. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about I, it. I, I, like, I remember seeing that laughing, and, and I just I yeah. completely forgot about that. I love any time the shark repellent gets brought up. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, you never know when you could need it. I mean, King Shark yeah. is out there. I'm sure exactly. that might be useful <laughs> if he ever shows up. Right. Does that even work? Actually, uh, you know what? I, I feel like that's a joke they should make on the Harley Quinn show. See if that yes, would actually please. work. Yes, please. Yeah. That'll work. Now, all right. Clown Hunter is written by Brandon Thomas with art from Jason Howard and lettering by Clayton Cowles. This is a pretty quick back issue with an even quicker summarization. Clown Hunter is still under the way of Scarecrow's influence in this one. While he might be actually getting his his ass handed to him by Scarecrow, or it's just another thing that he's imagining, Clown Hunter keeps having these vivid hallucinations, man. He sees more giant jokers, uh, himself in like this Pac-Man-like game. And he sees his parents. And at the end, he says, I know what's happening. No one has caught me yet. And one of the giant-ass jokers says, no, not yet. So I don't even have the slightest fucking clue what's going on anymore. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's fake. I feel like somebody dosed me with LSD for this book. (laughs) The, The art is crazy to match that feeling. I mean, is he fighting Scarecrow? Does he really keep getting injected with something? Because you see that a couple times. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. The confusion doesn't help the irrelevance of this issue, and I gave this a 6 out of 10. I loved this story. I, I had so much fun reading this. I, um, <laughs> I like, it, it was... Um, that figures. Yeah, well, it, it, it uh, um, I, I think because it, it, it was, I don't know, just, just trying to throw everything at the wall and and just see how much crazy shit you could have ghost maker uh, fuck clown hunter they all just blurred blurred together in my mind it's like one giant mecha of all the new characters ghost maker james tiny characters if i could blob them all together it would be um uh miracle punch ghost hunter (laughs) <laughs> that's my new my my new mecha ca- mecha character of all of these things. It also sounds like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and one I would probably see. Um, but but no, I, I I really loved it. Like it was it was fast. It was cool and interesting. It was just I mean I think it was a a, a cool approach to the um, am I losing my mind? How much crazy shit can I see all in one um, go? Am I still falling? What's going on? Just a lot of of, of interesting scenarios for for Cloud Hunter, and I, I was I was I was just really into it, and and Jason Howard's art is is I mean feels like he's really stretching himself to the limit and seeing how much crazy shit he himself can put on the page, and um, even that uh, double page spread of him just being like a Pac Man and trying to escape from the clowns that was awesome. So yeah. um, I, I I think when I was high on Codeine, I, I'd mentioned. Big Girls, which is a book that Jason <laughs> Howard did. I still haven't yeah. read it, but um, reading these backups really, really makes me want to check it out. So uh, hopefully when I have some more free time, I'm actually going to get around and do that. But yeah. um, I don't have a problem with the way that it's written. I, I 
don't I just don't know what the hell's going on. And on top of that, you need to I take still more don't drugs. See what what in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't understand what <laughs> take more drugs. Yes. Um I don't understand what it is that is going to tie this to the larger thing. What is Clown Hunter's fucking purpose? That's what I'm saying. You know, like, why is this kid still around? I mean, there could be a pivotal story around him getting, you know, uh, dead. But <laughs> uh, I just don't see any purpose or any way to keep him around in any meaningful fashion. And well, that's kind of why these know, kinds of backup stories work for me as opposed to, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Nightwing issue, but it was definitely like a, we have to take a break from the main story to tie in with something that has nothing to do with, you know, Dick Grayson at all, as opposed to something like this. It's short, it's only eight pages, and it features a character that's, you know, obviously doesn't have his own book or anything, so there's there's no main story to distract from. It's just like, hey, what is a, a ancillary supporting Gotham character doing in the midst of all this chaos? And I think, for me, it, it just worked in that way. It's like, yeah, why not do something crazy and psychedelic? Um, so, yeah, I, I actually, like... I found this to be a lot more enjoyable than the, the main story. I shouldn't say a lot more, but it, it was definitely more enjoyable than the main story. And I actually ended up giving this one an 8.75. It was just really fun. Uh, uh, rounding mm. up for the... Did, wait, Rob, did you give your score for Clown Hunter? Not, not yet. No, so I, I was kind of in the middle <laughs> with this one. Uh, Coward. I, I found it interesting in the whole second chapter is like a fever dream while he's just falling the whole time is how i took mm -hmm. it and, and i think that was wild but this is only a three chapter story and if most of the story is him just falling then how much story is there well the the final part of the story as i mentioned when i was high is just going to be him when he goes splat and dies yeah and then bruce is going to be like no not another one how could this happen to me yet again but does it really die. count if he's not a Robin? But it's still a kid that was running around that Bruce knew <laughs> about. Yeah. yeah, with a mask yeah. that he was kind of just like, eh, I can't really do anything at this point. Uh, Might as well just let him go crazy. Yeah. I already tried to get Leslie to bring him in. I already tried to get Jason to bring him in. That didn't work. So he'll just right. run himself crazy until he's dead. And then I'll feel guilty about it because I let it happen because I have a guilt complex. Now, honestly, I could see somebody saving him, whether it be Ghostmaker or Jason, just in that last issue. And yeah. it, it would make sense with his arc to for him to just go splat at the end. But honestly, I, I feel like DC is past killing kids. I don't know. <laughs> I Maybe I just want to see a kid go splat. Maybe that's just my own dark, twisted fantasy right now. <laughs> I, yeah gonna see bow go blam yeah exactly <laughs> it's gonna be a red fucking dot on the street like the start of watchmen Oof. oh no oh god <laughs> uh yeah well this this was a 7.25 for me out of 10 and i overall i gave the book an 8 to 8.25 damn right well, all right then we still got a long ass ways to go before we get out of gotham though yeah Yep, as we will be taking yet another detour, still tying into Fear State, or at least that's what the cover says, um, with Batman Secret Files Miracle Molly. Um, oh my god. How long are we going to be in Gotham? We have like Catwoman next, and then Batman the Detective. Well, I guess it's not in Gotham, but 
Jeez, so many Batman. So yeah. many Batmans. So many Batman. So many Bat titles. Um, yeah, let's get into the next one. Um, Batman Secret Files Miracle Molly was brought to us by, well, yet another story from writer James Tynan IV, uh, with art from the incredibly talented and um, very interesting choice for this book, Danny, with colors from Lee Lowridge and letters from Tom Napolitano. Um, I... I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on this one, in part because it's mostly a backstory, and in part because I didn't type it up, and I'm lazy, um, and I had <laughs> time to do, so I didn't have time. But the general gist of this story revolves around a woman named Mary Kowalski, who is in an unhappy marriage with her husband, Matsuda, her um, over-demanding um, family who decides that, or who feel that Mary should stop living in her own fantasy worlds and should just go along with the way of the world and life is so sad and yada 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 and she works at a tech company called Helios that uh, seemingly just has her being a cog in the corporate machine that's not a pun um, get it because they're a tech company and they make machines right. if I had my drum set here you would hear a loud ass rim shot um, but she pitches them a bunch of ideas they say fuck off you're just an employee you serve for us um, has dinner with her family or with her boyfriend's fam no her husband's family um, I okay brief detour because I love going on my detours but I know that they mentioned that the guy that she's living with, Matsuda, is her husband, but I swear, he does not feel like a husband at all. He feels like a boyfriend. Like, I, I kept, right. I, every time, every time he came up, I kept thinking that she, that he was her boyfriend, because there, there's nothing about this relationship that feels husband and wife at all. Yeah, that was just the vibe that I got. Maybe that was just me, but it, it was like, I, I literally forgot that they were even married until they mentioned it again. But anyway, um, so in the hopes that she can have some kind of promotion after a pep talk from her boyfriend, she decides to pitch a bunch of deals to Helios. They tell her, yeah, yeah, no thanks, but no thanks. She gets fired, uh, but is duped in that um, they reveal that any ideas that you came up with on company time belong to us. So basically, any hopes and dreams that you had have now been taken, haha. Uh, you should at least be happy that you got your severance package. Now, fuck off. We're going to steal everything you ever did. She tries to steal her notebook. That doesn't work. Kills her boss. Joins the Unsanity Collective. Um, has her mind completely erased. And uh, begins her new life as Miracle Molly. And that's the, that's the story of, of Miracle Molly in a nutshell, I suppose. She had a sad life. She started a new one. There you go. Um... I really liked the artwork, which is a great way to start your reviews. Um, I really, really yeah. liked the artwork from Danny. It was really, really good. The story is kind of generic. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's like an ordinary origin story. Yeah, it is. I, the only thing I can give it is that it really makes sense in a real-world reaction kind of way. Yes, like... I, I honestly, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, yes, we have probably all been here at some point where you just feel like you know, life is just working and then you die and this and that and, you know, whatever. Don't we all wish that we could just kind of go away? But 
I don't know. That's not really unique. Like it, it to me, it, it felt kind of run of the mill. And for a, a new dynamic character, I guess I expected a little bit more. Um, it was very competent storytelling, um, which sounds meaner than I mean it to. But um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it just it didn't really blow me away. The, the, the thing that blew me away the most was the layouts from Danny, which I thought were simply amazing. Um, especially the scene where she loses her mind, like, literally, she has her mind erased, and it's just this splash page of like memories being torn out, and then a mirror that's cracking and is reconstructed into the new Miracle Molly persona. Just gorgeous, like just really great line work there. Um, and uh, I, I hope that Danny does more work in the DC universe. I just I absolutely think it's it's gorgeous stuff to look at, but. In terms of the story, not much to say. So I ended up giving this one a perfectly average 7.5 out of 10 uh, for a perfectly average person like Miss Mary Kowalski. Until she becomes Miracle Molly, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, See, it's... for me, my, my, my grading scale goes like 6 is, eh, it's just a comic book. And then Damn, I wasn't that harsh. <laughs> that's well, I mean, that's 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 my grading scale. Six is just a comic it book. It does exist. Go up from it, there, it was published or down. But um, yeah, Rob, what did you give it? Man? Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. For me, it is is an interesting origin. It's sad what happened to her, but honestly, in my opinion, not every character needs an origin story, and this this is something I think we could have done without. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And like Brandon said, the line work is great. But for me, the colors were nearly completely off. This is boring. I'm not a fan of Miracle Molly. I don't. It's yet another character that just seems so irrelevant. Uh, I gave this a 6.75 out of 10. I I think I was actually more disappointed because I thought that the unsanded, I mean, aside from a very stupid name, that doesn't make sense. As I've said, multiple times unsanity and insanity are practically the same thing doesn't matter how you try and splice it prefix still has the same meaning and i know you know this mr tyden because i believe you were an english major sir you know your prefix is probably better than i do but um i i was disappointed because like when miracle bali first showed up i had the exact same reaction you did josh was like oh boy another new character what do we have this time and I actually thought she was pretty cool. I mean, I thought her motivations were, were interesting, you know, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, I'll give it that. I um, like the character. I just don't see the reason. Yeah, but, uh, but um, yeah, kind of, a, kind of a disappointing backstory. I think I expected more. So we'll be moving out of this one and staying in Gotham City because we can never leave. Uh, and <laughs> on to our next title and Catwoman number 35. Rob, take it away. It's like Hotel California. Yeah, I know. You walk in and they suck you in and you can't leave ever. <laughs> no matter how much you want to. Exactly. Okay, so this issue of Catwoman is from writer Rom V with art by Nina Vacueva with colors by Jordi Belair and letters from Tom Napolitano. Detective Hadley is dead. Rest in peace. His partner is at the crime scene, Selena's apartment, and Selena arrives surprising the detective. He tells her how much Hadley did to keep her safe and how they couldn't find Valley, and Selena's sister has also gotten away as Selena got her safe passage on a boat. Sadly, she's not returning. It's just safer that way. 
Meanwhile, Alleytown is burning. The magistrate has a hold on it, but the civilians are fighting back, including Clayface, Croc, Cheshire, Firefly, and Knockout. Missing in that group is Catwoman, of course. Leo comes and gives her a good pep talk as Anti-Oracle comes on the network to announce that Batman is dead. Selina doesn't believe that for a second, though, or at least that's what she tells herself. He always comes back. He always finds a way. This drives her out to fight for Alleytown and find Bruce. Meanwhile, Riddler and Penguin are chatting about Batman being dead, and with the Magistrate involved, there is a small opportunity for power, but first, they need Ivy. Now on the street, Catwoman is driving fast, followed by drones. Stopping just before a spike chain, she readies to fight, kicking all sorts of ass until she gets cornered in an alley. The Magistrate thinks they have her, but Catwoman has backup with Leanne Harper coming to her rescue. Her codename's what, Shoes, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, okay, I couldn't remember For now, that. in future state, become, she becomes Cheshire. There we go. I, I can't wait for Cheshire and Leanne to actually just meet up. Unless they already have, and I forgot. I don't believe they have, but yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be a very awkward family reunion. It would be. You're alive? You're alive? What? Where How is any of this possible? It's like that. Um, it's like that panel in Grayson that I love, where it's literally it's like Dick and Damien. It's a splash page. It's like Dick and Damien both pointing at each other because they both thought they were dead, and it's just like <laughs> you're alive. What the hell? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> right, so Leanne shows Selena a device she's found that's driving out a signal. That signal is communication from the real Oracle. Oracle assures that Batman is not dead, and there is still hope. Help is on the way to Alleytown in the form of Harley and the Gardener. So I got one thing to say. Damn it, Hadley. You saved a life, but you lost your own. I thought you were a great character for the short time I knew you. It's a damn shame, but here we are. It's comic books. People will die. <laughs> now, I will say also, Brandon called it. Fear State seems like a big interruption. It's a shame we're not going to get more of the Father Valley story right now, but we'll see how it goes. At least it... This one seems like it's tying in a lot more than Nightwing is. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, hope... we could have them both going on at the same fucking time too. We don't know that really. Yeah, yeah I, well, I hope I hope they find a way to bring it back in before um, Rom has to leave the book. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm yeah. I'm sure he's got that taken care of. At least I really hope so. Yeah. At least from the cover art we saw, it looks like he, he's going to be able to tie up his story nicely. Yeah, yeah, it does It does give that impression. I think that this transition into Fear State happened pretty smoothly, dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, even if all that really happened in here, with the exception of Selena's sister leaving, apparently for good, which makes sense because there wouldn't be much room for her in Fear State, um... I mean, there's it's just the transition into it. It is kind of a filler, but it was done really good. I love the art. The colors are real good. I've I've liked previous art in this issue better, but this is good, man. And I liked it. Seven point seven five out of ten. Yeah, yeah that's an eight point five for me. the The only other thought I had is, uh, you know, what the least safe place for a person in a wheelchair is. It's a boat. If that boat tips over, it can't really do much to Game swim over. That's <laughs> yeah. I think any any other form of transportation might be a little bit safer. 
Nice. Um, I unfortunately don't have a ton to say on this one. Not because it was bad, I just, I kind of had to, this was one of the issues that I kind of had to skim, just because I didn't have a ton of time to really read it in, in detail and in full, but um, I, I'm looking forward to going back and, and giving it some more time and, and rereading it and um, actually getting to enjoy it. So I don't really have a proper score, because it, it doesn't really feel fair to score it on a skim read, but um, I mean, if it's at the same quality as the previous issues, I'm sure it'll be good. Fair enough. Overall, how about this? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up from the the vibe I got from the first kind of speed read, but well, there you go. You That's know. positive rating. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it'd take a lot for me to to get a thumbs down in a book. A lot of things would have to fail for that. Oh, not me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a lot pickier than and not quite as nice as Brandon. I know is. it's uh, it's my. Uh, a inner Canadian. <laughs> All right. Is that it for Catwoman? That is it for Catwoman, which means mm. we will finally be taking our detour from Gotham City into a brighter, more atmospheric world. I think. I hope. Um, I think so. <laughs> uh, in Flash 774, uh, featuring a very lovely daddy-daughter story. I'm not a father, but uh, I'm sure that uh, lots of parents would uh, relate to this issue. So, uh, Josh, I'll let you... Uh, actually, yeah, Josh, as our, as our resident father here, I'll let you take it away. And I will do that right after this commercial break. All right. We will be back in a flash. But um, where's my rim shot? Yeah. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, and we're going to be taking care of the Flash 774 now. Jeremy Adams as writer with Kristen, Christian, I can never figure out how to say this last name, Duce, Duce, and Hi-Fi on art. Good to see him back at DC, by the way, and lettering from Steve Wands. So this issue stumbles into the origin story of a guy named Dr. Nightmare. We never find out his real name. He can create dreams and nightmares and control them, and he is on his way to attack Terrificek, who I'm assuming either fired him or wouldn't hire him. We're not told again. Anyway, he's going to use monster nightmares to show Terrificek who's boss. <laughs> Okie dokes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wally and Irie are going to have a date at a daddy-daughter yeah, dance. And as one might imagine, their plans are interrupted when Harry sees the nightmares headed toward where her daddy wants to do something because her dad's a hero and she's supposed to be in training. Damn it. So that's a recurring theme in that book and Wally finally relents. Uh, take it from a parent uh, we really hate it when our kids throw our logic back in our faces <laughs> but they're able to take down Dr. Nightmare because of Irie's idea of stealing the helmet that helped Dr. Nightmare use and create them uh, create those nightmares How do you think so she used that helmet to create dreams to beat up them. All right, all right, all right. cool concept man um, after everything is said and done they miss the dance, but Wally and Irie but respect good job I figured you must have one dance, just one, before they go home. Yeah. And that's the nice. end of the story, except while they're in Paris, a gigantic <laughs> glaive, which is a 
like a, a, a regular length, nice. single-edged, regular sword, but it's mounted on the end of a staff. It's ah, it's plummeting to Coast City, wrapped in fire, and then it hits Coast City, and one piece of text in a caption box says, the mysterious glaive has reached its destination, and now its evil work can begin. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> right? And then it says, next up, Flash versus a lot of bad guys. It literally says that. So, um, Duce knocked it out of the park here with Hi-Fi, of course, but it was an unnecessary issue. That said, it was a super fun one. I can't even really call this a setup issue because it's one page that's not really related to anything else in the book. But it's a good, happy book for Wally to be in. And I honestly am trying to think that I saw... Of the last time I saw a book like that, and I can't. I can't remember the last time I saw a book where Wally was happy without being in complete and utter torment by the end of the book. So I'm completely cool with it, and I liked it. And I gave this one an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I love this one. This this era of Flash Lafar is a good one. It's a very cute story. It even made me tear up a little during those those really cute moments between Wally and Irie of, of him just seeing his little girl grow up in front of him. It was beautiful. And <laughs> and yeah, it, this wasn't part of a, a larger story. This this was just a one-off issue. And honestly, these days, one-off issues are hit or miss. But this one was a big hit for me. I, I thought it was colorful. It was interesting. It was fun. And it's, like you said, it's that hopeful, fun Wally that we all missed for the past, hell, 12 years. This is an 8.75 for me. I want more of this. Yeah, I really dug it. It was, it was a really cute issue. And um, and uh, it, it makes me wish that they could do a, a Flash and Impulse book, kind of like they uh, they had a, a little while back when, when Bart Allen was first introduced. And they almost like teased it a little bit when they did that Flash Rebirth story in, in 09, where they're like, you know, now that I raise the new impulse and Bart is Kid Flash, you know, maybe we could do another like daddy daughter Flash and Impulse book. And uh, I, I hope they could do something Flash like that. Flash family book. Yeah, yeah. I hope they could and do something like that. We could like have that. all kinds of them showing up for story arcs. Yeah. It would just There's be a, a, at least a solid year. A really great, um, you know, father daughter family story. So I, I, I had a lot of fun. That's. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So I, I ended up giving this one 8.25 out of 10. Just really solid. Obviously, it's not the most Sweet. important thing or anything, but, you know, it's just really fun. And Wally didn't freak out the whole time. No, he, he did not. Fine. Except no the fact that his daughter is growing up, but that's yeah. natural, I suppose. Trust me, that's a very, very real freak out. Yeah, that's, that's natural, I'm <laughs> guessing. You guys looked and saw cute daddy daughter moments. Oh God! And I saw a mouthy ass teenager. Josh <laughs> saw reality. <laughs> Josh was like, "Oh, I know your, I know your pain, brother, because I've lived for it." For real. <laughs> All right, uh, on there's, to there's no magic involved. In yeah, yeah. Being a parent. Yeah, on to our next issue, which is the penultimate issue of this four issue miniseries, which is uh, Shazam number three. Brought to us by Tim Sheridan, art from Clayton Her- Clayton Henry, uh, colors from Marcelo Maiolo, and letters from Rob Lee. Uh, Billy and Dane are still fighting in hell, I believe. It's still hell, uh, but are able to escape the rather violent actions of Sulabak, only to find themselves in yet another shitty situation as they have to deal with another Lord of Darkness 
Neron, the disgusting blonde-haired prince himself, uh, who decides that he is going to help the two out for a little bit of a price as they are navigating their way through a labyrinth. Uh, but it's of course only a matter of time before Neron actually betrays them and lashes out towards Dane. But thankfully, they are saved by the not so divine intervention of uh, Raven, who is able to shut Neron down and save Billy and Dane, uh, hopefully to get Billy's powers back and uh, lead him to the Rock of Eternity. Uh, but it seems that the surprises do not end for Billy as he finally finds his way to the Rock, uh, entering, hoping to find the wizard, and only finding a very young and, and very innocent looking Black Adam who is somehow there and decides that he and Billy need to catch up a little bit before he can get his powers back. Um, I have no idea what's going on. Um, I, was I was thinking the same thing, yeah. especially with the ending, man. What the hell yeah, is going like, on? I have no idea yeah. what the hell is happening. I thought Black Adam was in Justice League. I don't know why you're here and young and teen. And um, I thought the stuff with like Neuron was really cool, but I have no idea how this, this miniseries is going to gonna end and it's kind of throwing me off a little is is are they trying to tie in with the the black adam future state stuff or is this uh, uh, really gonna be tying right into the whole future state storyline of shazam because in that future state storyline billy and shazam were separated right but this seems to imply that i don't know like i was getting the impression that the wizard isn't going to be there my, my guess for how it's going to end, and I just I have no real idea, but, and this is total guess, but it seems like Black Adam somehow had his age brought down or something like that, and my guess is Billy is going to have to try and set things right and may or may not have to become the new wizard. It's a possibility. I mean, I don't even know what's going mm, on with the wizard. That's possible. Last I remember, he was, I, I mean, like, that's... dead. For that reason, I'm hooked. It's just there. There's so much going on, and I always like Shazam. I mean, how the hell could you not like Shazam? Yeah. And, and and so I'm really interested to see where this is going because it, there are a lot of possibilities. It looks fucking gorgeous while we're going through it. Clayton Henry even kind of put away his long forehead that he's known for. And yeah. The, the colors are just, the, the art is amazing, great, man. but yeah, for yes, me, the, absolutely. as a penultimate chapter, it was just a little too crazy for me. I mean, or I guess the ending or the last few parts were just like, where the hell is this going? Um, and it just left me kind of yeah, There's going to have to be a lot of quick re- resolution. Yeah. And I'm hoping it's not rushed. So I ended up giving this one a 7.5 out of 10. Um, cause I thought the series was solid so far, but this is just kind of a, a weird way. Uh, to have your your penultimate chapter, it feels like you could have tried to I don't know make it a little bit more cohesive, just for me at least. Uh, I, overall, I gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I I can agree that it's been crazy, and for me sometimes those books are the best books, and and for me it, it's been crazy the whole series, and that's what's drawn me into it. They they're they're in a casino in hell, and Billy's like. Dating or 
being cutesy with a, a daughter of a, a demon lord and it's just going all sorts of places you don't expect and and i'm loving that and yeah, this I, adam reveal is right up that alley i did think it was very honey very funny to hear dane use the word macking because that does not sound like something a teenager would say at all that sounded i think i think old tim sheridan was showing his age there a little bit hey man come on now <laughs> just saying we're pretty damn close to the same age yeah <laughs> That's why I was like, Billy. Anyway. Billy is just like, what? What did you say? Acting? Mm-hmm. What is that? What are you ninety? No, I'm just kidding. Like he hey, he no. might be. Like he's the the Dane's the son of a demon lord himself. And yeah, yeah. Maybe he, maybe or whatever. Who knows how old he is? Caught up on um, Teen Speak since like 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is an 8.75 for me. I, I can't wait to see how this ends. This has been a while. Right on. Before we move on to the next one, man, I want to say that I love Rachel's hair. Yeah. <laughs> it looks awesome. It does I'm look just awesome. That. <laughs> anyway. I guess the next one up is Batman the Detective number five. It is. Reviewed by me. Written by Tom Taylor with art from Andy Kubert, Sandra, Sandra Hope, and Brad Peterson, and Clem Robinson lettering. All wrapped in a pretty cool cover by Kubert and Anderson, man. I like the way the motion is in there. The, uh, the squeep, the, the creepy squire face in the background up in that like window thing. The, oh, that was a bit unsettling. <laughs> but anyway, we're in the Batcave to start out, and Batman is talking to people ranging from heads of state to hired mercenaries to organize a strike against and gain the cooperation of those people so he can do what needs to be done. He shares a list of everyone Batman has ever saved so that they can find a way to warn or protect those people. Turns out that there's a private party happening in, Bru- in Brussels at the convention center, and everyone on that li- everyone on the invite list is also on Batman's saved list. And now there's 30, 37 hostages. Batman goes in before the police even try to do anything, following Batman's orders. And uh, Batman crashes into the middle of the room, and it's not just the White Knights, but their leader Equilibrium as well. Hand-to-hand, Batman notices her fighting styles and where she learned them. It makes her pretty damn formidable. Uh, Batman calls out to Oracle overcomes and in comes Batman's armored APC so that he can, that just so happened to be stored and uh, and stationed in Brussels. Fun times. Uh, but he has Squire load up all the hostages into the APC while he focuses on equilibrium and this really big dude batman realizes he can't beat him alone but thankfully squire is there by the time they put him down equilibrium is nowhere to be found so uh he deploys tear gas and is the only one that can see and he knocks the rest of the white knights out around until the cops start taking them away in handcuffs bruce meets up with Thought he was dead Ducard afterward, and he tells Equilibrium's real name, Charlotte Le Cerf. He's known because he knows that because Ducard trained her. Earlier, he said that Bruce was one of the two best fighters he had ever trained, and Equilibrium, surprise, surprise, is the other one. 
So he drops her backstory here as well. She killed, but only took jobs that would make the world a better place. Then she quit to have a family. Turns out that Batman helped Knight and Squire save someone that later went on to kill that family, her family, via drunk driving. She snapped immediately after the crash. And you can tell she snapped because she snapped the neck of a bystander that asked if she was alright immediately after the crash. Ducard, Ducard said she looked for something to point her crazy at and found Batman. That's when Bruce realizes that he once saved all of London, so him and Ducard need to stop her from trying to kill an entire city. This was a superbly drawn issue. I loved every single panel, and man, that that last one... The the last issue in this book really wasn't much for me, but this one is fantastic. It's I I had to give this one a nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this final battle that's coming. Two expertly trained fighters going at it. It's something we've seen with Batman before, but this has such a personal stake in it. I. I I, I, I'm excited for the last issue, but be honest with you, I, I don't know how excited I am about the book as a whole anymore. It's good, it's just not the exciting story I thought it would be. I, it's it's awkward to say. I, I don't even know exactly how to put it in words. It just doesn't feel the same as it did in the first issue. But I'm very excited to see how it's going to end. <clears throat> but I think we can all understand Batman will probably take down Equilibrium, maybe at the cost of his own life, because this is, this is an older Bruce Wayne, so who knows. It is an 8 out of 10 for me. The The art was fantastic. The writing is still really good. Right on. Cool. Um, this was the second one that I kind of had to skim, so I didn't really have a ton of feedback for this one. Um, uh, I would but probably it sure give it... Pretty. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Um, I, I mean, I didn't really have anything else to flag, except I guess there were two things that, like in my initial skim read, I, I kind of noticed that um, made my my encyclopedia brain go, what? Because I have a, a dictionary wedged in between my two ears, or not a dictionary, encyclopedia wedged in between my two ears, and every time I notice something that's off, it sends off alarm bells because I have no life. Um, so ah, whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, um, so well, there was just one thing that I was like, it didn't really. I don't know. I and, and it's an out of continuity story, so I don't really care that much. But um, Bruce is shown in a, a previous flashback to be working with um, Knight and Squire, and I was like, oh yeah, right on. Of course, totally would, but. That version of Knight and Squire technically didn't show up until after the um, like JLA era, like the Grant Morrison JLA era, You're right. which would yeah. not have worked with this suit. So uh, maybe it was just a mistake on on Kubert's uh, fault, or uh, yeah, on Kubert's part. Just wanted to draw that old suit, but chronologically it doesn't make sense. But honestly, I don't really care that much. Like. If you wanted to, I'm sure you could drum up a reason for why Bruce is wearing that suit. Like, oh, maybe he well, had to I mean, really... it's it's an alternate universe kind yeah, of Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe so. it's like 
you know, he was with the JLA and he had to book it to England like mad fast. And he's just like, well, I don't really have time to pack any of my new 90s costumes. So I got to pull out one of the reserves and it's this old, you know, blue and, and uh, yellow oval suit. And that's how that's how this one happened. I don't know. It's not really that important, um, but it, it's exactly this level of nitpickery is why I love comic books. Exactly. I know it just like <laughs> say that just makes me feel like such a dork though, because I'm like, oh, of course I would be the one who's like, oh, that costume isn't right. But, <laughs> Pushes up glasses. Um, yeah. Anyway, have you ever um, noticed Rob's never said that about any time I've gone off about a book? Oh damn! It's because he's not like you're not being nitpickery. You're yeah. just being a dick. Well, I, I, maybe because my nitpicky isn't isn't quite as um, um vibrant. Yeah, exactly. It, my, it's, my, the, my nit- it's the kind of my, of nitpick that takes such a deep knowledge of timing right. of suits that like yeah. not many people could come up with that. No, but, well, but Brandon Brandon is the is our local comic book librarian exactly. And, um, like, uh, I, I even had to point Cyril at him when I said, uh, cause he has, uh, Cyril lives in India, so he doesn't oh, awesome. get the comic books, um, you know, like on the same release schedule that we do. So, uh, you know, obviously he's got access to our advanced copies for the Marvel comics review show. And, uh, uh, he said, I, I said that if he's got any questions about Marvel Comics, I am not the guy, but we do have someone. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and he's on the podcast with you too. So, yeah, you're, no, you're, I'm your uh, reference resource. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting him uh, later when we record the, the Marvel show. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'll have to go back and, and give this one an actual proper read um, before I can give a final score, but I'll. I'll, I'll I'll do what you said, Josh. I'll give it a thumbs up for now. There you go. Just give that a placeholder. But we'll be uh, moving right along to our last book for the week. Uh, we do kind of have to speed it up a little bit because uh, uh, some of us have some, some other stuff we have to get into. So that will be Aquaman, The Becoming, number one. My personal opinion, saving the best for last. Uh, but I will let Rob tell us all, all right. about it and see see how we all feel about it. Alright, so this masculine masterpiece of an Aquaman is written by Brandon <laughs> Thomas. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a conversation maybe best saved for the Pride podcast, but my goodness. <laughs> uh, so, so this is from writer Brandon Thomas with art by Diego Orlo Tegui. I hope I pronounced that right. Mm. Uh, with inks from Wade Von Graubadger, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters from And World Design. So Jackson is on Apocalypse, and the League is down for the count. Arthur gives him a tip to get back home, and he goes for the play, swimming through acid to find a mother box. Just before he reaches it, the simulation ends. Turns out Arthur is invested in VR for Atlantis through Batman. But let's face it, Batman just plagiarized him from a cyborg. Yeah. Arthur yeah. <laughs> Arthur needs to head to Mars to meet Frankenstein. I really want to read that story. Know, so right? yeah. No, wait. No, I I actually I think I found out that you can or you can read a story like it in the um I saw this on like Reddit or something. I'm sorry to go on a tangent. I know we nope, we shouldn't do good. that, but there's a, apparently there is a short story in I want to say it's called DC The Doomed and the Damned, one of the anthologies that they put out that um 
features a story with I don't think it's this particular one, but it features a story where Aquaman and Frankenstein team up on Mars and then go to solve uh, like some kind of other thing. And it's written by Brandon Thomas, I think. I, I didn't read it because I wasn't reading that anthology. Oh, but someone pointed it out on like a, a Reddit post or something. And I was like, okay, now I definitely have to check it out. Yeah, I gotta look that, that up. That is sick. Because yep. even just the, go back the, the premise of anyway. Arthur yeah. and Frankenstein on Mars, I, I'm but sold. Like, <laughs> again, I, I don't, I don't want to go too off topic, but how fucking cool is that? Like, right. You could just read something in comics and just like, yeah, sorry, honey. I have to run to this other planet with my... Uh, my reanimated corpse friend and fight off monsters on Mars. Yeah. With, Imagine with just being able to say that. Corpse friend. You know, the one that stitched together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Frankie. Yeah, go ahead. All yeah, right. I know, I know, Frank. Time for dinner. Yeah. yeah. Like, just imagine turning to your significant other and just being like, yeah, I have to fight monsters with Superman and a cloud nebula. See ya. <laughs> Fun times. It's just yeah. wild. Anyway, sorry. What a world we live in. Uh, yeah, so there, there's a story to read. If you can find it, let's do it. So the pair split with Jackson meeting his mom for breakfast. He has his own plans. A little less exciting. After arriving in Amnesty Bay, we see he's the local hero. Everybody knows and loves him. He goes to meet his mom, but is taken away, by, the, or at least his breath is taken away, by the new waiter that recently moved to town. He stumbles over his words and fumbles out an order, embarrassing himself. And breakfast is cut short, it seems, as police cars race past, so Jackson heads off to save the day. Now his mother has left to question the waiter and what he wants with her son. The timing seems a little suspicious for her. Jackson arrives at the scene to find the human flying fish has taken hostages. Is not a scene you'd ever expect to see. Jackson takes him out swiftly, and after a video call with some titans, he heads back to Atlantis for more VR training. But before he can begin, he's ambushed by an Atlantean soldier, or at least what looks like an Atlantean soldier. After a small tuffle, the soldier blows a hole in the wall, and after the blast clears, Jackson is surrounded by Atlantean guards who claim he committed terrorist acts in Atlantis. Jackson is... Well, that's not true. Jackson wouldn't uh, do that. He would never do that. He's such a sweet boy. I know. He's living the all-American life right now. Everybody yeah. loves him. He's a cute boy who likes him. He hangs out with the Titans. He you know? gets breakfast with his mom. His life is, like, perfect. Yeah. Right? It's, it's yeah, it, it's a very colorful and fun life, just like the book. The The art was, was beautiful. Yeah. And that cover. Oh, my God, that cover. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was. It, I don't remember. I feel like I've been looking at it for one, so but... long now that it, 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 I like, I forgot to even think about it. Yeah, it's it's just beautifully drawn. The colors. I I, I could go on about the the colors on the cover and in the book. It's it it's just beautiful to look at. And the story is so much fun. It's interesting. Um, yeah, Brandon Thomas has hit it out of the park. This is an eight point seven five for me. I'm excited to see where this goes. Also got an eight point seven five for me. Easily my favorite issue uh, for this week. I just I had I think I had a lot more fun with it than I was expecting to because uh, I was kind of just like uh, Aquaman becoming story it might be interesting, but you know I don't I didn't have like super high hopes for it. But I, I think I was just really blown away by like the fun you know almost like ya kind of setup where it's like you know he's starting his life similar, yeah, yeah starting his life in a very similar way uh, but is trying to to work towards something more and uh it's just a lot of fun and like i'm i'm 
it's only six issues, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next five have in store. And uh, art is great. Like Rob pretty much said everything I wanted to say about the colors. So um, I won't say it for right. the sake of sounding redundant, <laughs> but just take a look at it. It's great. And I love this relationship that Arthur and uh, Jackson have. It's, it's, it's just really genuine and really honest. And uh, nice to see that Arthur is still a good mentor, even after uh, everything that happened with Garth and... and uh, that whole nonsense. Yep. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I I will mirror what you guys said about the art. Of course, it's it's really good, cover to cover. Um, <clears throat> I'll say Jackson's Jackson's becoming doesn't exactly start off good, and that he is one of the biggest dorks I've ever seen when it coming comes to talking to someone he thinks is good looking. <laughs> We've all been there though. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the biggest part besides uh, the art and you know like starting this arc off is that I'm super curious about who's in the suit. Is it just a regular Atlantean soldier? Because it does look Atlantean, or is it maybe Orm? But I feel like that well, if this is supposed to be Jackson's book, is probably not one that they're going to get water from. You know what I mean? So I and I hate to say this. But what about? Could you guys see Garth being there? I hope it's not Garth and being uh, being yeah. upset that Jackson is in the role that he has that that, that he is in now. I, I, yeah, I'm with Brandon. I kind of hope it's yeah. not Garth because I feel like he's I mean, he's I, got I, his that's own what story. I said I hate to say. Yeah, it. <laughs> well, I I think it's probably. I'm guessing it's going to be some outside figure because it it seemed to imply a lot that. Um, you know, your potential is being wasted on the surface. You need to be down here, but in what capacity, we don't really know yet. Um, but I don't feel like that would be Garth's motivations because, I mean, he's, you know, had his problems with the surface world, but he's never been someone who would try and take someone from the surface world. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I, I feel like with Garth kind of popping up for a little bit in JLD, I feel like a better use for him would be to have him join that team and then, you know, let kind of uh, Jackson right. stretch his legs and have his own story. Um, but I do hope that Garth shows up in this book and maybe in some other way, because I feel like they never really, they, they like briefly hinted at a moment where Garth was going to train Jackson and then they just kind of forgot about it because the run on Teen Titans got pivoted. But I, I hope they can come back to that. that. That was like a really cool thing that they never really got to do. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah. And you know, Garth is—it's uh, a really bad good story. Too, it's so. super nice to look at, man. No, I was going to say Garth is also bad with women too. So you know, maybe they can just both be yes. terrible at flirting together. Perhaps. All right, uh, I gave I gave it this one an eight point five out of ten. I really liked it. It's great to look at while you're reading it. Super cool. What cool. are we doing now? Oh, it's, oops, I did. I I yes, deleted. I deleted did. my um, the part where I have the top three. My bad. Um, so, oh. oops. oops. Um, yeah. All right. Well, with all of our reviews out of the way, let's get into our favorite part of the week, and that is our top three books of the week and a standout moment if you have one. So, uh, Rob, I'll let you start us off. And uh, all right. Ahead. So my top three, starting at number three, is Aquaman the Becoming. Like I just said, beautiful to look at in more ways than one. 
it's it's a fun opening chapter <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes if, if this leads to jackson as they tease becoming aquaman uh, i'm excited to see what happens with arthur after that uh so it's there's so much potential with this book it's gonna be yeah. good number two i have nightwing i really enjoyed this this chapter it was the artwork was wonderful still very colorful even without the regular artist and keeps that same nightwing touch of just magical fun and number one i had flash was such a touching story also very colorful great to look at wonderful to read and my best moment is actually from the flash is wally singing i read to sleep was so sweet very cute very touching i couldn't stop thinking about that moment it was it was very nice all right josh what about you man uh my top three are gonna be in number three the flash it was not an important story but at least we got an issue of wally not being tormented that looked really good to read uh number two i put with aquaman the becoming uh great issue fantastic issue super curious about where this where this is going to go in the book um and I gave number one to Batman the Detective. I just felt like it was the best issue this week overall. Uh, my favorite moment comes from that book. Or wait, we didn't do favorite moments yet, did we? Uh, did we? I, I did. Okay, Rob did. Yeah. All right, okay. Then my favorite moment is Bruce asks Ducard. He says to him, you were shot three times. How are you here? And Ducard answers with a fine balance of painkillers and denial. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right. My top three were Batman at number three, Nightwing at number two, and Aquaman the Becoming at number one. That one really just... I think I was just so surprised with how it blew me away, um, both artistically and story-wise. Just a great setup. Really looking forward to what comes next. But my favorite moment has to go to... Um, and I, I, I wanted to pick something from Nightwing, honest I did, but I had to give it to that uh, double page spread of, uh, of Clown Hunter in the Pac-Man game and the backup story, because that was just so cool. <laughs> Was. It was so I like it was so unexpected. Yeah. Like I yeah. flipped, I so flipped like, through what? the book. I I like or I, I turned the page. I looked at it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, I turned the page. The hell just happened? I continued reading for a couple more page for like another page, and then I had to turn back and go, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what, am, what am I looking at? I was like, oh, this dude is just. Well, it was just like entire panel. I could I could hear like the effects and like the the. Pac-Man theme in the background, and so it walk just walk so walk worked walk for walk me. Walk yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's even like running towards the dot. It was just really clever, and I really liked it. Um, well, that was a lot of fun, but now we have to move on to something a little less fun, a little more stinky, a little more gross. Uh, it's time for the Ew. worst part of the week, the smelliest part of the week. It is none other than... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Gentlemen, which title made your stink list for this week? Okay, for I, I, I want to say we all had the same one, but I also don't know. For me, it's a Miracle Molly. It was just, it was an interesting story. The art was, was nice, but it was just so unnecessary. Yeah, no, mine was probably Miracle Molly, which, I, again, I, I, I almost don't want to put it there just because I really did love the art, but... It's yeah. just such a lackluster origin story. I 
I just I can't really put it anywhere else. <laughs> well, I this is probably going to surprise somebody, uh, probably more than one. But um, I, I I thought I had two that were tied for this for my stink. You can't right. do ties. And, I'm not gonna do ties. I'm not gonna do ties. But I did have two that were tied for the stink list, and both of them did have fantastic, amazing art in it. This has got nothing to do with the art. There, there were two that were down low enough to be tied for that stinkery. One was Miracle Molly, but I didn't choose that because. I mean, it's going to get a low grade anyway because it's a side story and because I just, I tend to rate those a little lower. So I kind of expected that to be on the stink list. But since I did have one that I expect so much more out of that had the same grade, it should never be this low. But my stinker this week is Batman 113. Oof. Oh I don't think God. I've ever put you hear that man sound? on a stink list before. That's the sound of me falling out of my chair in surprise and shock. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, no, not really, man. Not for a Batman comic book. I shouldn't have to put a Batman comic book on the stink list, so fix mm-hmm. it. No, that's, hey, some weeks are just like that. Sometimes it just, it resonates yeah. differently. And uh, you just have to hope that the next month will be better. Or, I guess... Yep. Two weeks from now will be better because it's a double shipping book. <laughs> uh, it sounds like we don't have any to put on the dump list. I mean, the Secret Files no, not is really. a, a series. Like they're they're gonna keep doing more of the Secret Files. I think they have the um, the Peacekeeper one coming out, the Gardener one coming out. So I mean. Wait, the last which peacekeeper is it? Uh, Sean Mahoney. Yeah, yeah, peacekeeper one. Um, so though, though sounds like the last two have been kind of disappointing. Are we trending more towards putting just all the secret files ones on the dump list, or should we give it one more chance? I, I definitely want to say give the Gardener one a chance because that seems at least for me it's a brand new character. I, I don't. I think it's a brand new character, mm-hmm. so that would be a bit more interesting. Yeah, I do love the from. attention that they're being that they are giving to these side characters. And some of the issues have been pretty good. The last two have sucked. I would say, why don't we convene ahead of time every week and figure out if we're going to put that particular issue on the dump list or not? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like when that issue finally comes out, we'll, you know, we'll all read it beforehand and and basically just be like, all right, is this worth covering or are we just going to leave it? Uh, by the wayside, so sounds good to or me. Are we gonna flush? Yeah, it? yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I am. Um, I mean, like I said, we don't have anything else we want to put on the dump list from this week. And it sounds like, I mean, I don't get the impression that you guys want to take anything off the dump list. Not this week. Um, all right. Well. Not. Not. Yes. Yeah, with that out of the way. That is the end of our show, everyone. We hope you had fun. We definitely did. Come back next week for more DC Comics Talk when we will be reviewing Detective Comics 1043, Action Comics 1035, Robin number 6, Blue and Gold number 3, Deathstroke Incorporated number 1, a brand spanking new series, and Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom number 5. We'll be here talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. 
Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. But with that, there is only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. I'm not gonna